Uh, let's pray. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have come to us as a father, as a parent, um, and made yourself known to us that way. And we praise you, God, because you um, are sovereign over our lives and over the lives of our family, as joyful and as difficult as that may be from time to time. Lord, I pray now that you would um, be uh, with us. I thank you for these uh, five ladies who have come to um, to be refreshed and encouraged and uh, to be to be enriched in their in their parenting. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless them in that. Um, be with me and uh, keep me from error, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so, <laughs> so Cameron told me the title, um, Parental Authority, How to Lovingly Say No uh, to Your Child. And, um, and I feel like I could spend the whole class uh, giving caveats uh, on why uh, I'm not qualified to, to teach this <laughs> class. Um, if, if having mastered parental authority and consistently saying no in a loving manner uh, to your children such that you mean it in a loving way and they hear it in a, as loving, uh, is if that's the qualification, then I, I'm not qualified. So um, I, I will say I have enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed thinking this through. And it's been, I found it fairly convicting, honestly, uh, to think it through. Um, saying no lovingly and meaning it love, lovingly are, are really two different things, right? And so, uh, and, and in addition to saying it lovingly being different from meaning it lovely, lovingly, them hearing it as loving and receiving it as loving are also different things. Um, and so, uh, so I, I was thinking, well, maybe the class should be called Parental Authority Saying lovingly saying no to your child in such a way that you mean it lovingly and they hear it and receive it as loving. And, um, and, I, and that, that's called heaven. You know, that's, we'll have that another time. Um, so just there's lots of things to say about parenting. And, um, and always just three really important principles to hold on to uh, in, in parenting. Um, and number one, and, and these aren't really, these are all kind of number one, but... Um, the first is your child is a sinner. Like your child, your child's a sinner, and uh, at through and through, no matter what their age is, uh, no matter how smart they are, no matter uh, whether or not they're compliant or strong-willed, or um, they're, they're they're a sinner, and and yet no uh, no sin, no pattern of sin, no condition of sin is ever ever beyond the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. So the second thing to remember is um, after your child is a sinner is that you're a sinner. And, and no matter your age, no matter your intelligence, no matter your level of competence um, uh, or compliance with Christian standards, past or present, um, and no sin of yours, no, um, uh, no, no pattern of sin, no condition of sin is yours, uh, is ever beyond the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. So sometimes your kid acts like a sinner, Sometimes you act like a sinner back, you know? Sometimes you act like a sinner and they act like a sinner back. Um, and, and then, so, so just to hold that out there is that, that we're talking about the behavior of people who are bent on bad behavior, uh, all of us. And, um, and that to say a third that, that um, good behavior and good citizenship are secondary 
to saving faith. And in fact, they're only good, citizenship is only good, and behavior is only truly good if it flows from saving faith, Christian faith, um, if they're fruits of the Christian heart. And so what we want more than anything, more than we want our kids to behave, we want them to be Christians. You know, and, and hopefully, we want, you know, that will create in them the fruit of good living. Um, but we can also look at our own lives and say, that's, you know, hit or miss <laughs> so, um, so for, for us. Um, so our, our job as parents uh, is not, and it can't be, um, it's not to get our kids to stop sinning. Now, we want them to stop sinning, right? but that's not our number one job. Like, our number one job is to give them every opportunity and every chance to love Jesus. And so, um, and sometimes their sin opens the door, like when they come face to face with their own sin. So sometimes, in that sense, their sin could be a good thing. Um, when they, I mean, I'm not saying that's a work of the Spirit, but, but, um, but if, you know, the, the parable of the prodigal son, the, the younger brother, the more sinful brother, the more um, obviously offensive brother, his sin is much easier to diagnose than, than the elder brother who looks like he's doing the right thing, but his heart is just as far from his father. So sometimes sin can open the door. And yet, I'll, in my own experience, um, both in theory and in practice, when their sin is met with our sin, that tends to lessen the odds. So, um, so that, that's a, something, uh, you know, and listen, I, um, I mean, I've, got, I've, told, I've said it before in these things, I, I've, got a, I've got a temper, and I, I want things how I want it, and, and I just, um, it's, it's hard, it's hard on, it's hard to be consistent. And to be the Christian that that you want your kids to be. Hey, come on in, Mimi. Please, yeah, come in. Um, yeah, no, that's great. Um, so what, basically, what we've said is that um, your kids are sinners, and and you might, you might did you know that? Um, and then. Um, um, and that, yeah, yeah, and and we're sinners, and so um, and just to have that out there that none of that is is beyond the grace of, of Jesus Christ. Um, I I say no a lot. Like some, I think sometimes parents have a hard time saying no, right? And I think that's why Cameron asked sort of to, to put this on the schedule. Um, I say no a lot, but I, as I've thought through this, I realize I, most often I say no to avoid my own discomfort. Like that, it's my own interest that's, that's in mine. Um, no, you can't act like that in public. Well, that's true, but the main issue is that I am embarrassed. Uh, you know, I have a collar around my neck. Whatever people are going to think about me when you act like this. Uh, you can't dress like that in public. Again, what are they going to think of me when you dress like that? Um, no, I don't want to take the time to research the game that you want to download. I, you know, like I, I'm just not, in, I'm just not into it. And so, um, and so, quit bothering me. And so that, um, uh, so a lot of that, a lot of the times that I say no, it's in my interest and not theirs. Now, there it may be true that that they, it's not a good game, or they shouldn't dress like that, or whatever it is. But, but I just, um, as I've thought about it, I, I, I want. I want my kids to, 
to believe that my no has their best interest in mind. And I want that to be the, sort of the default of their heart. You know? So, hey, how are you done? Are you coming? Are you are you here for for us? Yeah, come on in. I will tell you what, I'll just um, I'll stand up. That's fine. I'd... What's the No. Well, that's fine. That's great. I'll just do that. That'd be great. I'll I'll do this. And if somebody else comes in, then I'll get to use my podium. So that'll be that'll be great. Um, we say no for our own. What do you say? I say no for my own dis- to avoid my own discomfort. Um. And it's in my interest. And, and I want my kids, and so, I, and I think you want your kids to, um, to believe that our no has their best interest in mind. Um, and and that, sometimes that means researching the game. Sometimes it means kindly saying to them, hey, I don't have time to get to that right now. Um, not because the game's on, but because the... Um, you know, I'm, I'm work, I've got some work I need to do, but but can I do that a little bit later? Um, and, and and that sounds like I'm asking them permission, but you just want to be careful. You want to be careful about that too. But you want to, but I want them to know that I want their best. And um, and I think that that knowing that isn't built by me saying no a lot. Um, but uh, we we want to build trust in them in lots of other ways. Um, besides that, um, and so I just want to check our hearts. Um, we want to check our hearts to see whose interest is in view when we say no. No is an important word. Dave Ramsey says it's an ancient word. You know, like when you say, you know, it's easy to say it. Um, but the um, the um, it's an important word. But our hearts, remember, we're sinners, and so our hearts can can easily turn that back in on ourselves and say, well, we, I just, I don't want to be bothered by you right now. And sometimes we just don't want to be bothered by them right now. But, um, but we want them to, um, we want to be able to check our own heart and love our kids uh, in, in a way that is helpful. But, so saying no sometimes is loving. And, and I think, um, but, but sometimes, at least for me, it's it's not loving. It's uh, self interest, self interested. So just to ch- say up front, let's check our heart on that. Um, a distinction, um, a sort of relevant distinction, I think, uh, saying no to activities uh, versus no to behavior. Um, that's that's a that's an important uh, distinction. It may work itself out, and there's some actually some overlap there. Um, saying no to your daughter dating a guy that's older. Um, as a as a no, no, you can't do that. That's not in your best interest. No to overnights without adult supervision. No to uh, adding lacrosse to a schedule that already has piano and soccer and three nights of uh, three hours of homework every night. Um, or no to dangerous activities. You know, um, I, I know that, and I don't know any of your behavior or your kids or anything, but I I know that in in Mount Brook and in the Advent, there there are parents that that. You say, well, you can drink, but you have to drink in, in the house. I think that um, they don't want to say no to their kids in that, and that's that's a. Um, I think that's I think that's a poor judgment on a parent's part. And so, um, there's reasons to say yes because they're going to do it. We want to at least have them do safe, but there's better reasons to say no. I think um, 
porn, some video games. So there's no to activities that, um, that they want to do that are destructive. And there's also no, on another hand, to, to rude behavior or defiance or um, laziness or uh, inappropriate dress. Um, so well, when our kids have, have rude or defiant behavior, saying no is, a, is an issue of shaping their character. Um, and, and when the issue is an activity, sometimes it's character shaping, uh, but it's also sometimes it's just schedule and there's other people involved and you know you can't there's money involved and there's just there's other factors for saying no and all of it has to do with our, is ultimately we can point that back to our character but again um it may be helpful you're not asking permission from your kids is it okay with you if i don't spend this money um uh, but to say i'm i'm sorry to tell you that i can't we can't afford that right now, or we're choosing not to afford that. Maybe you can afford it, but you know well enough to know that if you give your kids everything they want, that they, they're going to be spoiled brats. So, um, so it's really good um, to say no with their best interest in mind, and you um, want to shape their character. Um, you know, sometimes they're li- you know, like if they're lying about where they, where they are, they're a teenager and they're lying about that, that's an issue of defiance and activities, right? That's... Um, and so there, there's some overlap there. And um, again, I think that it, there's a difference between um, punishment and discipline. And I think any time that punishment is, I'm angry with you, you did this, you're, you're, you're in trouble. And, so, and that's, there's a, I have a responsibility to make sure you suffer for your, for your bad <laughs> behavior. Um, and, and then discipline says... Let's talk through why what you did was wrong and why, if I let you continue with that pattern of behavior, it would be destructive to you. Um, again, let me just say again that this is not this is something that I'm I feel like I'm learning on a daily basis. It's very helpful for me to think think it through. Um, before we go, I'm going to next talk about sort of asking if saying no is biblical, and that's a that's an important question. But before I get there, do you in, any pushback or thoughts or want to pull something out a little further? Or? Punishment versus discipline. Okay. I've never thought of it that way. Uh-huh. But I think I spend my life with my children trying to discipline them because uh-huh. it seems gentler. Yes. And I'm constantly thinking I should have more punishment. Oh, <laughs> I'm wow. I'm sure there's no right or wrong to that. Well, well I guess I would like you to maybe repeat what you said or go away. <coughs> like, you know, is there a is there a better approach <clears throat> again when you're shaping character and behavior, and you're not trying to be always saying no? <laughs> well, like I, I'm, for instance, I mean your your kids are sort of middle middle age, right? Um, oh, you're, elementary, school. elementary school, but not little bitty and not not mm-hmm. not grown up yet. Um, my mine are kind of the same way and. Um, I, so your kids, you know, I don't know if y'all spank. I'm, I'm uh, in favor of spanking, although I tried, I used to spank a lot. I was the first child and my first child got spanked a lot and I got spanked a lot. <laughs> and then by the third child, they're like, whatever, just, you know, like, um, but the, uh, but, uh, I, I used to spank because I was angry. Yeah. Like I would get angry and I would spank. It was my will versus hers. I was bigger and, and I was going to win. And, and that was, that's, to me, that's punishment. Um, and that doesn't build trust. It doesn't, it doesn't cultivate uh, love. Um, 
I do occasionally still spank. Uh, it's very rare now um, because I have learned, in some ways I think the hard way, um, that I need to not spank when I'm angry. Like that can, that's a fine punishment, but it, it, I mean it's a fine it's a fine practice. Some people don't think it's a fine practice, but I, I'm okay with it as long as it's not um, yeah. reactive. Yeah, which is hard not for it not to be. Right, because I want my way too, and when they and they're not giving me my way, and and I'm bigger, and so I'm gonna I'm going to um, and I I don't think that's helpful, and I've seen I've seen hopefully not long-term, but short-term um, damage, distrust in my kids because of that. Yeah. And so I had to re- try to rebuild that. Um, but the uh, discipline, I-, I think sometimes it might involve corporal punishment or uh, you know taking away. It might look the same, but I am thoughtful in the sense that, I, and maybe even more creative in the sense that I am trying to make sure that the punishment fits the crime or the discipline fits the crime, and that there is purpose in it that they understand. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I guess that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Of. Yeah. I don't feel like I put enough energy into appropriate punishment. Yeah. I think we're actually using the terms, <laughs> yeah, I think we're using the terms backwards. So I would say discipline is good, and then punishment is, is yeah. more negative and reactive. But did, I mean, yeah. But there can yeah. be an element of punishment or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, consequence. Consequence, but not retribution. Yeah. Right, so so I think that that um, I was sort of into, and I hate to admit this and say this in a recording, but um, but um, <laughs> but um, but it I was you know that was sort of my react my gut reaction my default was retribution rather than than consequence, and consequence is more helpful. You know, a four year old can understand things a lot less than a fourteen year old in terms of consequence, but um, but I think there ought to be. There ought to be consequences. My my kids didn't know that consequence was a neutral word for a long time. Like you're going to have consequences. Well, there's good consequences too. Like that's a, it's, it's a neutral word. It's just a matter of how, how we use it. Um, so that's that's the distinction I would make. Is that discipline? They understand that they're, um, they're that we're working for towards their understanding that there's their interest is in mind whether they agree with it or not. Their short-term interest is leave me alone. I can take care of myself, yeah. right? That's their, but their long, it, their long-term interest, and and that you're not going to get right in the moment, like appreciation. Thank you, mother, for 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 shaping my character, right? That's, that's never get it. no, no. You'll get it in about twenty years. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. you also want them to be like, I don't, I shouldn't do that. Not because my dad's going to kill me, but because. Right. Whatever the consequences. That's what we want, um, and yet I'm okay with Pharisees in the short term, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like, right, like, I'm, like, just avoid. Just whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. I know we just want peace, like we we really do, and and I I'm a I'm good with that, but I also I, I think just just to have as a sort of umbrella that we live under that we want them. It's more important that they be Christians than that they be sort of in line, you know, but. Um, but it's at the same time, it's, it's, um, it's, at some point I'm going to talk about the first use of the law. Maybe this is a good time to talk about it. Um, so the law, the reason we talk about law and gospel, um, the law condemns, right? The law shows us where, um, the law shows us how we are, um, where, where we fall short. The law describes a good 
life, a perfect life. And the law condemns, but, so that's what we would call the theological use or the second use of the law. Uh, but the first use is the law creates order, right? And you, you clean, you wash your vegetables because, so you don't get sick. Like, that's a really good law. You know, you, you um, we, we go to bed early so that we're not cranky in the morning. That's, that's a, there's reasons for, for order. We, we don't wear dirty clothes. You know, we wash them. You know, that's, I mean, there's just, there's just, that's the law. And well, the, and, and if you, if you transgress that law, the consequences are fairly obvious. You know, like you stink and people don't want to be around you. Um, and you can, you can get mad about it, but sometimes the, um, because they've defied you, but sometimes the consequences is enough. Um, and, and so the, um, we, it is good to have, uh, to create order in your house with rules. Um, where I fall short personally is that when they break the rules that are designed for order, I take it personally and get upset. And so, um, and I, it's just a constant heart check uh, for me uh, on that. And rather than instructing them, I, I punish them, you know, or, or yell and just, you know, again, it's my, I'm bigger, I'm gonna, my will is going to be better, uh, be more forceful. And there, are, there is, and we're going to talk about it as we get about, there is a good order that the parents are in charge. Like that's the, that's the correct um, order, but um, and, and we're people. I mean, we just get frustrated when we when our when we get ignored or blown off, or you know, we just. But that's our our identity is rooted in Christ, and so we've got to stay close to Him. So we're going to get to all all that. But is that? I think we've we've kind of gone far afield even from your initial question on that. But what else? Some of the things I think about a good bit, or and I've got a 14 and 16 year old, is the sort of trend of helicopter parenting, and also not just trying to protect them from everything, but you know we don't let them just run free in the neighborhood, and we keep them physically so much closer mm-hmm. than we used to, and trying to reflect, am I doing that? And, and so that's always a hard balance of saying no. Is it no because I have to keep you like this? Mm-hmm. Or is it no because it's really not good for you? Or, you well, know, I, how, that's, you know, that's, I think that's a helpful sort of next you know, other thing where I said I, I don't want to be bothered. Um, yeah. You know, what you're saying is that I'm saying no because I'm afraid of what yeah. might happen. Yeah. And at what point do I sort of open up and, and let you, yeah. 15 year old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything he does scares me. <laughs> You're like out there, and I, you know, how much do I have to say? I just have to have faith yeah. that he paid attention to something. That's right. <laughs> we were saying before. Um, yeah, I would, I mean, I would love to, to say, I, I do think, I heard somebody say, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in it, that they're, what they always told their child was that our goal is to have you, that by your senior year, you're running your own life. Like you're, you're able, I'm, training you so that senior year like you're getting yourself up you're making your breakfast you're doing your lunch here and if something happens we're here but next year we're not going to be here so we're, we're just you know so so let's work on that and let's be in close contact about how your day was and stuff and if you don't tell me the truth then I can't help you you know like and there's going to be times where they test that and see well I'm not going to tell the truth and you know let's see if let's see if I can do it on my own and um 
this that's a that's a season, and I and I'm not in that season, so I don't, I don't know that I can speak with authority. Although maybe hopefully as we get in sort of biblically, it'll give some principles that you can draw on, and we can talk that through. But um, but it is uh, something to think about that, that this is a time for them to not only have trust in you, but have tr- begin to trust in themselves and trust in God's guidance of, of them. So uh, they're going to. I mean, you look at your own life, probably. I mean, we, we test those boundaries in those, in those years. Um, and I, I think sometimes our biggest fear is that our kids are going to be as bad as we were. You know, so, um, <laughs> all right, so is, uh, how, let me say this, how is saying no biblical, right? Um, so the first thing I thought of was, in asking that question, which sounds sort of silly, uh, but it's an important one to ask. The first one I thought was commandment number five, you know, honor your father and mother. Uh, and and, and that comes with a promise, honor your father and mother, and you will live long in the land. Um, and, I, and I was, you know, preparing this, I'm talking, you know, I'm, I'm always trying, you know, if I'm teaching the class like this, I'm always, my kids can tell, because I'm trying, trying it out on them and stuff, but... Um, <laughs> But I asked him, I said, you know, I said, look at this Bible verse. And, of course, all they see is honor your father. Oh, gosh, you know, sure, Dad. But I said, no, look what comes after, you know, and you will live long. And Thomas said, that's, that's blessing. And I said, that's right. You know, you, God wants you to understand and to live long because you need, you're learning the right order of things. So it's not, there's purpose in this. Not just you have to, you know, you're small and you have to be good. And he said, oh, well, that makes sense. And, you know, Caroline, of course, rolled her eyes. So, I, you know, um, but, um, but in, his, in his wisdom, like, God has um, made the submission of uh, children to their parents normative. Like, that's, the, that's the normative reason. And, the, and, the, and I, the, I think that the reason why God has done that is because children, this in the home... Learning to submit to their parents, they are learning how to submit to God. If I, if I learn to submit to my father and my mother, then when I'm out on my own, it will be natural to me to submit to my higher authority, to submit to God uh, himself. There is a goodness about that. Um, aside from just the fact that kids you know, can't tell their right shoe from their left half the time, and they, and they just need to have some guidance but we want it's our job to instruct them in in those things so that when they are and and they're you're in that in-between time where they're they're still in the nest but they're kind of trying to figure out where they are but the um but it is it is good uh for children because it teaches them to submit uh, to the created order but it's also good for parents but um to know that that um children are to honor their father and mother it's good for parents because it, that it gives that's where our authority comes from. You can say, I'm not just making this up. It's not just because I paid for the house and I paid for your food. It's because God has made it so. And it is my He has given you to me, and it's my job to instruct you and to teach you. And again, like that's just because they blow you off right then or that's stupid. You know, like that just that doesn't mean they didn't hear it. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not, you know, now if you put your foot down and God made me this way, then, then that's not attractive, right? But, um, 
honey, I love you, and I love God, and God loves me, and because I want to honor what he's given to me in you, um, I, I, have to, I'm, I want my, what I say is going to, is going to be the rule. And if you, if you want to talk about that, that's okay, but ultimately, God has given me the authority, your mom and your dad, and given, me, given us the authority, to talk to to, and and whether you are four or sixteen, you know what we say goes. Now we have a responsibility. Not only do we have the authority, we have the responsibility to make sure that that we have their best interest in mind. Uh, in that, it's again that's hard for me. Um, you have to you have to figure out where you are naturally in that um, with your own heart. But for me. Um, I I love I love my work and I I am drawn to it and I constantly do that and then I kind of work until I just need to watch sports you know and then um and so it's a it's a hard it's a hard thing it's not a natural thing I guess it's 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 a joyful thing but it's not a natural thing to take time out to go and help coach soccer or to you know throw the ball or to you know learn about pokemon Ugh. Like I don't want to learn about Pokemon, you know. Like, uh, but to ask questions, like I'm really interested. Like it just—it's a discipline for me. Um, so it's the—it's uh, the proper—it's the responsibility, and the proper authority for us to to um, require order in our homes and to work towards order in our homes. We require it, and we don't always have it, and so we work towards it. Um, Paul agreed uh, in, in sort of the way that he um, came behind. That's not a bad way to say it, but the way he filled in what the Lord said in the in that fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, is Paul in Colossians three twenty said, "Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord." Um, another thing to teach our kids is that, it's, that God has set this order up for their good. He loves them, and He's put this order for their own good, and it pleases God that they would obey their parents. Um, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of whining rather than discussion. You know, like I rather, um, gosh, Dad, that's not exactly what I had in mind. You know, that's that's not what I get. I get, oh, you know. So like, uh, and 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 my reaction is to, is to match that um, often. Like, <laughs> stop whining. So um, um, so I um, I, you know, <laughs> it's just true. Um, so so to to instruct our kids that it pleases the Lord to obey uh, and our parents, to honor our parents. And yet, what Paul does, he qualifies that right behind there. Children, obey your parents. This pleases the Lord. Fathers, and I think that means parents, don't exasperate your children. Right? Uh, and that word exasperate is, is translated um, provoke or embitter. Um, and it says, lest they become discouraged. Don't provoke, don't embitter, don't exasperate your children, lest they become discouraged. That's a, that's a, um, a good a, a word of warning for us. In other words, don't wear them out with your needing to be a, the authority. You know, um, uh, you de- demand that you be honored. You know, like I, you, I, I, can, I have, I mean, I, I just... I, I guess, what are you going to do, fire me? I'm leaving. Um, so, uh, I'm, um, I, I mean, I have, I have like, you know, just 
yelled at my kids, you have to obey. You know, like that's just like, oh, and I just remember it. And I was like, oh, I just withered my kids. I've ruined them for good. I, um, I mean, you know, if you read business books, I don't know how many of you are in business, but uh, if you read like business leadership books, they'll talk about levels of leadership and the base sort of level one leadership is because I said so. Like my job description is above your job description. I'm the boss and, and I said so. And sometimes as parents, like, that's all we've got. I mean, that's our last tool in the tool belt. I, it's because I said so. You know, go take a bath, whatever. Um, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm bigger than you are. And, and I'm, it's, <laughs> there's going to be consequences, and it's not going to be good for you. Um, but that, let's just be honest. I mean, that's, even though that's maybe all we have in the moment, like, that's, that doesn't foster trust and love. And um, it, doesn't, it doesn't even establish boundaries, really. It just establishes who's bigger. Um, again, I'm not saying that that's not an appropriate card to pull sometimes. Um, but uh, we want to move towards, and this I'm saying, again, I'm, I'm not just teaching you. I'm, I'm saying this to myself. We want to move towards leadership uh, that gets followed because of trust and love. That's what we want to move to. We want to foster that. And again, that does, that's honor, right? And that we don't, again, that doesn't get, um, that doesn't, isn't developed by saying no. So it, it requires some savvy, and sometimes you're gonna, we're going to make mistakes uh, on that. And children are less capable of uh, appropriating trust with kindness that, and, and, and virtue in the heat of the moment, right? I'm the kid, and I want what I want, too. Like, you're the parent. You want what you want. I want what I want, and I think you're stupid. So, um, and, and, you know, like, I've, figured out, I've also figured out that if I yell loud enough, I'm eventually going to get what I want. So... Um, so if I, um, now we've moved into bad behavior, not just, uh, you know, not just what it was before, we've added to it, um, but children aren't, um, so what, what you get in the moment isn't what you get long-term, because you're being consistent, you're being consistent, um, you're the, you're the adult, and so, not only are you bigger, but you have to. We have to act like adults, and and, they, and that's hard for me sometimes. But don't exasperate our children. Um, that's the caveat. That's the, that's the qualifier to children obey your parents because it pleases the Lord. Uh, we are we are to take our responsibility for our position, not just advantage of our position. Uh, instances of God saying no in Scripture. God presents Himself as our Father. How has He said no? Right at the beginning. Uh, Adam and Eve uh, fall, they disobey, they eat the fruit, and, um, and there are consequences. God doesn't say, gosh, I know, one more chance. <laughs> like he says, no, you're out of the garden. I, it was clear, and, and you have to leave. And he says no. And that is, um, he loves them, he makes them clothes, he... Um, he gives them consequences, and he actually even promises that they call that the proto-gospel, the first, the first gospel. That um, well, let me rather than just saying it, let me just read it. Uh, he says, um, uh, to, he says to um, Eve, he says, "I will put enmity." Um, to no, he says to the snake, "I will put enmity." between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And they call that the, the first gospel. In other words, the, 
the second Adam would crush the head of the snake. The, Jesus would defeat Satan. And so they call that the, the first gospel. But so even there, God promises the gospel. But he's gracious to Adam and Eve, and yet he holds the consequences because he, because he says so. He is the authority. That's the order, created order of things. Um, Moses. Uh, Moses was called out of the desert to, be, to lead the people. He was 80 years old when he received his call of the burning bush. He went to Pharaoh. He um, drew the people out of Egypt after these incredible, awful plagues. Wandered around with these winding people for 40 years in the desert. And all he wanted to do was see the promised land. To walk into the promised land. And God said, no. And it seems harsh, right? It seems really harsh that God would say, no, because what Adam did, I mean, what uh, Moses did to deserve that was he hit this stick twice. Remember, he, he hit the stick and water was going to come out and it didn't come out right away. And so he, he, he hit it again. Like There's an act of faith. And God said, no. And what I, what I get out of that is, is that Moses at that point was so submitted to God that he said, okay. That he said, I don't understand but I'm going to trust you. What happened after that was that Joshua led the people into the promised land. And Joshua is the name Jesus. Joshua means God with us. And so the first Joshua led the people uh, out of the desert and into the promised land, uh, pointing us ahead to Jesus, leading us out of uh, the desert of our sin and into the promised land of salvation. And so Moses... Did he deserve it? Yes. Did God have other purposes? Absolutely. And Moses had such good stewardship of the call that he had been given, held it lightly, and, uh, and trusted. But the Lord said no. And it didn't seem fair. But there was a bigger and broader purpose uh, in there. And so for us, as parents, there's a, oftentimes there's a bigger and broader purpose. You know, Caroline particularly is not happy with me particularly, for um, moving us to Jacksonville. Can't you just say no? Um, and, and I just, you know, like I just said, I said, no, I can't say no. I just, it's not because I want to go to Jacksonville. It's because I feel like I'd be disobedient to the Lord. And, um, and, and I, I just need for you to trust me. And if you can't trust me, I'm just doing it anyway. You know, like I just, so let's make this as easy as possible and be nice about it. So, so in that moment, I have to have to hold fast. But in other moments, I have to take her to get ice cream, you know, and just and like love her and hug her and 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 those sorts of things. So, um, and then um, another instance where God said uh, no in Scripture uh, to Paul. Paul was headed to Asia. Do you remember this in Acts? He was headed. He was headed to Asia to do the gospel, to do the work of the gospel. And God said, "No, you need to go to Macedonia." Well. We don't know what would have. We never know what would have waited him in in, uh, in Asia. It might have been his death. It might have just been fruitless ministry. But he went to Macedonia and had had fruitful ministry that produced the letters that we have today. So God um, wanted had long term good. Uh, he just had a different plan, and and Paul submitted to that plan. But but lots of times, because uh, for his own glory, for for his own plan. Um, God said no to his people. And I just think that's, whole, that's important for us to hold on to. Uh, as um, that, that no, and we, we know that when God said no, it wasn't just because he was mad and he was the boss. It was because he had 
he had their best interest. He had his own glory, which is their best interest. Now, we're not God, and we don't have that glory, but we do have a reflect uh, a reflection of that glory, and we, we have a, um, there's an order that God has given to our homes. Um, I wanted to read uh, Hebrews, and it's a little, a little bit long. You can actually follow along if you wanted to, but um, you don't have to, but um, you can turn uh, there, Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm just going to start with verse 5, and this is where it talks about um, discipline. And just um, here, as I, I'm going to read it kind of slowly, and just hear what, um, just, I don't know, think through it with questions and see what jumps out to you. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons, as children? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. This is from Proverbs. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every child whom He receives. The author of Hebrews goes back and says... It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may be, not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Listen to what he says as he gets into some imperative things, uh, having established that God's discipline is a good thing for us. Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. See to it that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. There's a couple of things. There's a lot, and we could go through that um, whole passage, but there's a couple of things to think about. The author takes the loving discipline of a father, of a parent, uh, as a, to a child as a given. He uses that to illustrate the discipline of the Lord. It's, as adults, as Christians, it's hard to understand why we're going through difficult times. And he says, look, your parents disciplined you and you respected them. So he's, it's, in, it's instructive to me that he takes that as a as a given in order to show us the, the loving discipline of the Lord. In other words, um, God has uh, blessed and uh, seen to it that we can have loving authority and discipline over, over our kids. Now, some are easier to do that than others. Um, and we have to take each one as they come. Um, so, so he takes it as, as a given. 
But also, there's great promise in this for us as parents. Because the difficulty for us as parents is a sanctifying process. In other words, you, in the difficulty of being a parent, are being made in the image of Christ. Being a parent, as much as being a spouse, being a parent rubs the rough rough edges off and is a means by which God draws us to himself. And so, he is... I want you to be encouraged that he is with you in your parenting. He's with you. And, um, and he is using this to discipline you and me because he loves us. He didn't give you the wrong kid. Right. And he didn't give them the wrong parent. Oh my gosh, don't they? Like that's why like they're the kid. They don't. That's, they're not. They're wrong. You know. Like they. Um, uh, but they. Gosh, I can remember this pastor was so helpful to me. When um, I've told this story before, when Caroline accidentally hit Thomas, and it really on the trampoline just accidentally, but it hurt. And for whatever reason, she made it all about him and got so mad and ran and let like was gonna run away like run away (laughs) and I just wanted to let her go like I just was so like um right yeah like and just let's see how that works and and so I want I was so mad because of her lack of compassion if she just said oh my gosh buddy I'm so sorry like it would have been fine but because she threw this big fit and made it all about her then and and this is what my, I hate this, because this is what my mom told me all the time. Like, if you would just calm down, I could, I could focus on your sister, is what she always said to me. And I, I find myself saying that to Caroline all the time. If you would calm down, I could focus on what he did and focus on him, but, but, but you make such a big deal, I can't worry. You know, like when he gets her in trouble or whatever. So, um, so, uh, so she was... Um, so she was walking down the street, and I, you know, I just said, "Well, it's probably better that I don't let her go." <laughs> um, in the long run, uh, it's getting dark. We've had some break-ins in the neighborhood. I just, I should probably not. So, so I'm standing there in the middle of the street, just praying, like, "Lord, what, what do I do? I want to, I want to wear her out." And I just, and and so she sees me. And she thinks I'm just you know, huffing and waiting on her. And she says, you can stand there all you want, but I'm not coming. You know, like just yelling from down the street. I was just, I just want to. And um, anyway, she came in and we worked it out. But, um, but I, then it happened to be the next day. Like, and of course I snapped at Luke for something small later because I was just so threadbare with, with Caroline. And... It wasn't, that's not fair to him, you know, but I picked this up. I happened to be reading in Hebrews and read this the next morning. The Lord disciplines those whom he loves. And I thought, if God has given me a difficult child to make me more like him, then praise God. And if God has given her a difficult dad to make her more like him, then praise God. And how, we've got we've to figure that out. You know, we, that's, that's our, I don't want to say it's our cross to bear. It's our, it's our, it's our lot in life that he's given us for our good. Um, but it's his love for us. Um, I would really recommend uh, this book. I will say, I don't mind saying that um, 
even on a recording that uh, this is Grace and Practice, Theology of Everyday Life by Paul Zoll. Uh, there's some things in here that I find difficult to swallow. Um, but his, his section, I mean, most of it's really, really great. And his section on grace and families is fantastic, especially grace um, to our children, uh, to young children and to teenagers. And uh, one of the things that he says, he says, on the surface... Adolescents are asking for the law precisely so they can break it. <laughs> I mean, really? Like, I mean, that's, don't you, you, you get that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the surface, adolescents are asking for the law precisely they, so they can break it. At a deeper level, adolescents are asking for grace again and again so that they can return to the love that always gives thanks. The, the, um, our kids need to know the same way we need to know that God forgives us no matter what. Our kids need to know that we're there for them no matter what. That they, they're not going to extinguish our love for them. Um, he says, if you don't understand this as a parent, then you're going to start to sink below the waves of the tempest. Let I me mean, think about that for a minute. So on this, I'll read that again. On the surface, adolescents are asking for the law precisely so they can break it. At a deeper level, adolescents are asking for grace by breaking the law uh, again and again so they can return to the love that always gives thanks. This is the father that runs out to the prodigal child. Um, If you don't understand that as a parent, then you will start to sink below the waves of the tempest. Parenting can feel like, like that, a tempest sometimes. He also says that the rewards of grace are best appreciated retrospectively. So when we give our kids grace... And they walk over, it's like a doormat for being showing character. Then um, it will be down the road, maybe years down the road, that they know that they can come to you when they're in trouble, um, or when they are having trouble with their kids. You know. So, um, how many of you, like me, have, have had have heard just been parenting and thought, "Oh, this is what my parents meant." Um, yes. Um, all right. So. All of this, how do we lovingly say no, right? So, um, the, um, well, just as we love because he first loved us, as our love for God is overflowing from the love that he has poured into us, we, and our love for others is overflowing from the love, he's, love with which he's loved us. Our discipline of our children, we discipline because he's first disciplined us. Um, I think we need to be convinced as parents in our own hearts, that we want what's best for our child. Uh, we need to check our heart on there and take the time to be discerning in that. Don't bargain, um, especially with the little ones. Um, don't bargain. You're the parent. But it might be okay to find alternatives. Um, to prov- you know, If they want this and you say no, can we find a compromise? Uh, but don't don't present that as giving in. Like, if you'll just be quiet, then I'll give you, I'll meet you halfway. Um, be convinced, so be convinced. Be patient and see that their sin, see their sin nature for what it is. Like, if you can see, if you can identify your own sin as being saved by grace, it's easier to be compassionate for them when they're acting like sinners rather than acting like brats, right? So, um, so be patient um, because God is patient with you. 
So you can see that this is, um, this is our own personal relationship with Christ is, is so important. Um, to have a longer fuse, be as close personally with the Lord as you can. Just be as close as you can to the Lord. Spend time with Him. Worship. Um, read, the, read the Bible systematically. Just go through a Bible reading plan. Uh, read other things um, after you've read the Bible. Read you know, other devotional reading. Prayer is really important. Go to Advent House. That's a really good thing to do. I love going to Advent House. And I'm sad that we don't have a, our Savior House. We will have, we'll have to um, develop one down there. And, and repentance is a great thing for us. Um, that's just returning to the love of the Lord when we wander away, when we make mistakes. Uh, asking for His forgiveness. Um, have as great a marriage as possible. And if you're not married, um, then, then ha- ha- focus on having healthy relationships that your kids can see. That's really important. Not just, um, not just for your own mental health and, and to lengthen your own views, uh, but it's important for your kids. You want to you invite your kids to experience the beauty of that. When you fight with your spouse, make up well with your spouse and let your kids see it. Um, you're going to fight. Um, fight well and, and make up well. Um, and then, and this sounds silly, but at least for me, getting as much sleep, exercise, and, and nutrition as possible, just taking care of myself gives me a longer fuse. I'm just, if I'm tired and hungry, forget it. Like, you're getting punished, not disciplined, right? <laughs> you know, so, um, so that's just things for a longer fuse. Um, to build trust, I do think we should ought to say yes. We ought to say yes as often as possible. So again, there's that discernment. Um, <clears throat> in addition, spend lots of quality time with them doing things that they enjoy. Um, don't make idle threats. If you do this, and I'm going to, whatever it is, and then not do it. Like, do it. That gives them a sense of security, because if you, if you follow through with what you say you're going to do, then they know they can trust you. Right? So, if you say, I'm, you're going to get grounded if you, if you speak like that again, and then they speak like that again, and they don't get grounded, then how do they know that you're going to be there when, they, when you promise that, you, you know, I'll pick you up at five. Like, I don't know. Like, I'll give you your allowance. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, how do, how do they know they can trust you for the good things if, if, if you've promised bad things and, and they don't get it? That, that sounds a little crazy, but God's judgment is one of the... If he says he's going to judge us and, and does, that's how we know we can trust uh, what he says. So, um, be careful what you threaten. You, got, you do have to be, yeah, you do have to be careful what you threaten. Like, be willing, don't make threats that you're not willing to fo- follow through with. Um, but it gives them security. Uh, let, you know, the scripture says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You, know, just, you say you're going to do it? Do it. Um, try to take the emotion out of discipline. Like, I'm not, you know, and I've, I've had to just say, okay, you go to your room, I'm going to take 10 minutes, and then we'll talk about this. And I've actually had to leave that conversation too. Like, okay, come back in 10 minutes, it hadn't gone well, I'm going to take 10 more minutes. Um, and uh, but just take the emotion out of it. You did this, and this is the natural consequence for that. Um, apologize. You're going to make mistakes. Honey, I'm really sorry I said it that way. Now, I'm not, I'm not sorry that it, they got said, because it needed, but, it, but I didn't need to say it like that. Eye to eye, down on their level. Not, I, I'm, you know, you're taller than your kids, and so it's easy to look down on them. Sit down with them eye to eye. 
lots of physical touch, affectionate touch, not just in discipline situations, but lots of touch. But verbally, eye to eye, when you mess up, apologize. Also, forgive them. You know, like, not just seven times, but 70 times seven, like, just more times than you can possibly count. Like, just forgive them. Um, I, I accept your apology without saying, I accept your apology, but you got to understand. Like, because it's always that final word. Like, think about your, your husband, and your, you're like, yeah, I love you, but you're driving me crazy. It's different than you're driving me crazy, but I love you. Right? What, what, what comes after but is what you really mean to say. So, I accept your apology. Period. No buts. Um, again, and then pray for your child. Like, go in their room when they're asleep. Lay your hands on them and pray for them. But also take time to pray with them. You know, um, anyway, so there's just some things. So that's a lot of information. And um, we're, we're at 930, but do you have... What, what are your... What have, what have you heard? What's helpful? What, what needs more clarification? The idea of your child submitting to you, teaching them to submit to God. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it that way. Mm. That was helpful. Okay. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. Yeah, there's purpose in it. Anytime there can be a purpose greater than mine, I think it's important to point out to my kids. Yeah. I mean, they just, you know. Well, it's good for them to see that you're actually submitted to a a purpose in that as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else? And I wish we said the Ten Commandments or read the Ten Commandments more. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they not only... Are they wonderful? Um, but they also show us where we fall short, right? Yeah. But because um, when I was growing up, we read them once a month. Mm. I think we had communion once a month. Yeah. At the eleven o'clock, so we read them once a month every yeah. month. Really? We still do that at every seven thirty. Come seven thirty on first first Sunday, <laughs> and right? we'll read the read the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Really? 